Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again on the Word Podcast. Uh, As always, let me ask you to uh, pass the word about these times together with folks, okay? Put it on your social media, your email list, and things like that as we continue to grow and just the people that are joining together uh, to examine what the Word of God says. Uh, We ended last episode at the end of chapter 9 of Nehemiah. And as I've said several times, Daniel 9, Ezra 9, and chapter 9, Nehemiah 9, all three of those are chapter 9, are great prayers on behalf of a nation, on behalf of a people. Uh, But they don't necessarily end there, okay, as we've seen before. But at the end of the ninth chapter, uh, it was stated that the Levites and their princes and the priests had made a firm covenant in writing, and they'd sealed the document with their names. They actually signed it. And you remember what the document said? I won't go through it all again, but how they'd given praise to God for everything he'd done, how they confessed how their forefathers had done things. And then at the very end, they said that they were in great distress. And the reason they were in great distress is because the kings that were over them, okay, were taking the rich yield of the land. And they were doing so because of their sins. They acknowledged that. And that the kings ruled over their bodies, (coughs) excuse me, and ruled over their livestock. In other words, the kings were regulating everything. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? (laughs) It should, okay, because we live in a country that is exactly like that, that's being regulated in every way, in in some of the most ridiculous ways, for the most part not known by the populace until they encounter it. Now, the beginning of chapter 10 of Nehemiah, the first verse says this, On the seals are the names of Nehemiah the governor. So Nehemiah signed this, and then a long list, which I am not going to read, See, how many verses is this? I'm just scrolling down through my computer Bible program right now. Uh, 27 verses of names. And there's usually three names in each verse, okay? I think there is three names in each verse. So there's a long list of names that sign this. So we're going to jump down to verse 28. The rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all who have separated themselves from the peoples of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, all who have knowledge and understanding, verse 29, join with their brothers and their nobles and enter into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law that was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and to do all the commandments of the Lord our God and his rule and his statutes. So the Levites signed this document. They came and they prayed it before God, made covenant with God related to their sins. And then the rest of the people, and delineates who it was, the rest of the priests, the rest of the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and then uh, the wives, their sons, their daughters, everyone joined in and they joined in with knowledge and understanding, saying all who have knowledge and understanding. And that's like uh, dealing with an age issue. Like a seven-year-old may not have been able to understand exactly what was going on. But most uh, anybody that was an adult or anyone who could understand, whatever age that might have been, 
joined in. And they said, you know, we're going to keep the commandments of the Lord. We're going to walk in God's law, the law that he gave Moses, those commandments, and we're going to observe them. And then in verse 30, it starts delineating some of this. And it shows us that they had complete understanding about what the law is because they get into some detail of it. And they are also acknowledging uh, the portion of the law that they had not been adhering to. Verse 30, we will not give our daughters to the people of the lands or take their daughters for our son. Verse 31, and if the peoples of the land bringing goods or any grain on the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day. And we will forego the crops of the seventh year and the exaction of every debt. Uh, you know, I could get into detail of each one of these things and what they mean because they're really profound. Uh, they said we're going to honor the Sabbath day. We're going to honor every Sabbath day, not just the weekly Sabbath, but the Sabbath days of the, the Feast of the Lord. And forego the crops. They're going to let the land lie fallow every seven years like the Lord had told them to, which they had never done before. That was the reason that they were kept 70 years in Babylonian exiles because for 70 times they had not honored the seventh year. And then the exaction of every debt that deals with the year of Jubilee, every seventh Sabbath year, so every 49 years, they were to uh, forgive all the debts. It was the year of Jubilee, that 50th year. Every debt was forgiven. Can you imagine what would happen if every debt was forgiven within a society? Then verse 32, we also take on ourselves the obligation to give yearly a third part of a shekel for the service of the house of our God. They had not been given the way that God had told them to and for the purposes that he told them to. Uh, the Jewish people were commanded to tithe, which means to give a tenth. A tithe just means a tenth. Uh, you know, the uh, church today sort of knows a lot about the tithe. What's interesting about that is nowhere in the Scripture do you see the New Testament church being required to tithe. We are told to give freely. We are told to give as each man determines in his own heart. <clears throat> we're told, told to give hilariously. Okay, We're not told to give a tithe. And the reason is the tithe was given for the support of the theocracy, for the support of the nation of Israel, and for the temple. And they actually had three tithes. They gave two tithes every year, and then they gave another tithe every three years. And so what it boils down to is they had an effective tax rate of 23% for their nation. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? But they hadn't been doing it. So they said, now we're going to do it. Verse 33, for the showbread, the regular grain offering, the regular burnt offering, the Sabbaths, the new moons, the appointed feasts, the holy things, and the sin offerings to make atonement for the Lord and for all the work of the house of our God. They said, we're going to support what God told us to support. Verse 34, we, the priests, the Levites, and the people have likewise cast lots for the wood offering to bring it into the house of our God, according to our father's houses at times appointed year by year to burn on the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law. They had actually uh, enslaved some people to do that, that they had made a covenant with, which they should not have made a covenant with. And they were the ones that they had uh, cutting their wood and bringing it in. They said, no, we're going to do that now. Verse 35, we obligate ourselves to bring the first fruit of our ground and the first fruit of all fruit of every tree year by year to the house of the Lord. Also to bring to the house of our God, to the priest, 
who minister in the house of our God, the firstborn of our sons and of our cattle, as it is written in the law, and the firstborn of our herds and of our flocks, and to bring the first of our dough and our contribution, the fruit of every tree, the wine and the oil to the priest, to the chamber of the house of our God, and to bring to the Levites the tithes from our ground, for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all our towns where we labor. So they were simply saying, we are going to adhere to the law, and we're going to do exactly what the law tells us to do. And they were giving some of the details of that. Now, the last couple of verses. And the priest, the sons of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive the tithes. And the Levites shall bring up the tithe of the tithes to the house of our God, to the chamber of the storehouse. The Lord had required that, and they said, we're going to do this. For the people of Israel and the sons of Levi shall bring the contribution of grain, wine, and oil to the chamber where the vessels of the sanctuaries are, the sanctuary are, as well as the priests who minister, and the gatekeepers and the singers. We will not neglect the house of our God. <coughs> so that was the whole point of all this. They didn't want to neglect the house of our God. I've only got a couple of seconds here, so let me ask you this, and we'll pick it up next time. Are we neglecting the house of God? And I'm not talking about the organizational church. I'm talking about the organism, the body of Christ. I'm not talking about the buildings. I'm talking about that which is the house of God. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.